So here I am, this 15 year old going up to people's houses and saying like, do you believe in the nuclear arms race? Do you want to end the nuclear arms race? Will you give me $500,000? And I was one of the best fundraisers. I think in part because I was so young. (laughs) Welcome to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores exceptional career success stories, inspiring and insightful personal brand journeys that answer the question, are you coffee or are you Starbucks? Fascinating conversations with leaders about their career breakthroughs from entertainment, tech, media, and more. You'll learn how they've turned up the volume on their brand to unlock success. Firsthand, uncensored, and real, as told by people who've been there. And plenty of inspiration and practical tools to help you lead with your brand every day as you drive towards your next career breakthrough. And now, here's your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Hey everybody, Jason Patria here, and you are listening to the Lead With Your Brand podcast, which is the show for people just like you who want to turn up the volume, show their value, and lead with their brand towards your next career breakthrough. Now, it is March, which means that it is Women's History Month. Leaders, mentors, colleagues, moms, and friends, we all owe a debt of huge gratitude to the women in our lives, and that's why all this month, I am showcasing some of my favorite female voices from the Lead With Your Brand podcast who continue to share their wisdom and move their industries and the world forward. So make sure that you check out leadwithyourbrand.com backslash women to listen to some of our amazing guests like Gail McGovern, the Chief Executive Officer of the American Red Cross, who I've had the pleasure of serving on her National Diversity Advisory Council. And Shawnee Chen, who is a partner at PwC and was recently named one of the top women in technology in China, as well as Sharon smith Akinsanya, who's the CEO of the Ray McKenzie Group and the author of the book Colorful that is all about helping people break through bias in hiring. And then every single Tuesday in March, I'm going to be featuring another amazing leader who just happens to be a woman. Today, I'm excited to welcome Kirsten Schaefer, the Executive Director of Women in Film. Now, I know that I've shared on this podcast about some of the amazing women who have changed my life. And as you know, I spent 25 years working for NBC Universal, leading their talent lab and executive development and supporting big executives like their chief diversity officer. And when I was at NBC Universal, that's when I really started speaking to big audiences about Lead With Your Brand. And it happened because I was part of an amazing program called Know Your Value, which was created by Mika Brzezinski, who's the author of the book called Know Your Value, and she's the co-host of Morning Joe on MSNBC. Now, I had been helping Mika and the NBC News team on this Know Your Value tour, and 
they finally asked me to come speak and be the brand guy. So, of course, I decided, hey, I'm going to talk about all of these great learnings, everything that I've learned from working with great chief marketing officers and, and doing business transformation with business leaders. And I packaged it all in my Lead With Your Brand talk. And I will never remember coming off stage for the first time. And I was at 30 Rockefeller Plaza. We were having a little kind of after party in Studio 9C there, and Mika came up to me and she literally said, oh my gosh, you are a star. What are you doing? You need to be speaking all of the time. And of course, in typical Mika uh, Mika style, she said, now, I didn't know who the hell this kid was who wanted, you know, a full hour to talk during my tour, but every single minute was worth it. And she said to me, you know, you're the only one of the people up on that stage who isn't under a huge, big on-air contract with NBC News, you should have your own speaking business. And you know what? In that moment, she really taught me that I not only needed to know my value, I had to show my value. And that was one of the inspirations for launching my own business. Now, I will tell you, a key step in the lead with your brand system is all about promoting yourself. And now, I love in Mika's book, Know Your Value, she talks all about how typically in at least Western culture, men have been trained to be big promoters of themselves. And we know that that is an element or an area that holds many women back. So as you think about promoting yourself, just remember what great marketers know. Great marketers know that we need to see a brand impression or image 12 to 15 times before we're even aware of it. So think for yourself in your career. If you are only marketing and promoting yourself once per year during that end of year discussion, how the heck is anyone supposed to remember the other 364 days out of the year. So I like to think about promoting yourself in the lead with your brand system under three buckets. One is advertising. Think about that. Advertising, it's your TV commercial, it's your billboard. It is what you say about yourself. You control this message completely. What is that elevator pitch that you have? When you hop onto a Zoom with new people and you introduce yourself, that is your advertising. When you are posting on social media, whether that is Instagram or Facebook, and definitely you've got to be on LinkedIn for your professional brand, you control that message. But how many of us just sit and watch on social media and are basically like a brand not using free ad time. Then there's endorsement. That is what those influential others say about you. This is the power of your network. But remember, we all have in our network people who are influencers who can endorse you. These are the folks that you need to water those relationships. So right now, I want you to grab a pen and paper. I want you to write down five influential people in your network. And then I want you to put down, what can I do in the next week to reach out to them, to reconnect with them, to make sure that they have your marketing brand language so that when they talk about you and you're not there, they're sharing all of those amazing things that are current, fresh, and in the language that you want. And finally, it's all about word of mouth. You know what? That's what gets said about you when you're not in the room. 
And it's what gets said about you, sometimes by people who don't even know you. Now, I'm not going to lie, that's the hardest part, but that's where you've got to go back to that full lead with your brand system because you've got to show up on brand every single day in every interaction, so that is the lasting brand impression that you leave. Well, it is official. It is awards season with the Oscar noms that just dropped, and I am super excited for today's guest. It is Kirsten Schaefer, who's the executive director of Women in Film Los Angeles, the preeminent organization that advocates for women in the screen industries to achieve parity and transform culture. Now, she has been instrumental in launching Reframe, an industry-wide initiative to advance inclusivity and gender equity, as well as starting a variety of programs at Women in Film to increase the skill set and opportunity for film and TV makers. Now, she previously was the director of programming and then the executive director of Outfest, where I met her, and she's widely credited as having grown Outfest into the leading LGBT media arts organization that it is known today. Kirsten was also named one of Power Up's top 10 women in show business and was the recipient of the Women in Business Award from Senator Liu. She's also a member of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. We'll be back in just a few moments with Kirsten Schaefer. For over 25 years, Jason has coached, trained, and developed thousands of leaders and executives, helping them achieve their next career breakthrough. He's a featured speaker at global conferences and companies to help everyone bring their best authentic self to work, show their value, and lead with their brand every day. Get more tips and tools at leadwithyourbrand.com. All right, and we are back with a fabulous guest. I am so excited to talk to Kirsten Schaefer, the executive director of Women in Film. Kirsten, what's going on? Hi, Jason. It's so great to be here with you. I am so excited to have you because you have been on my list since we launched the podcast. So let's dive right in. Kirsten, I know in non-COVID times, because you're a Hollywood mover and shaker, you are at tons of cocktail parties and film festivals and all of that. When you meet new people who don't know who you are and what you do, how do you introduce yourself or how do you explain what you do? I'll say that I'm the executive director of WIF, and our job is to create uh, equity in the industry and to help women advance their careers. And ultimately, our goal is to transform culture so that women are represented and have the agency to be themselves, whether that's here in Los Angeles or it's the kind of ripple effect that the kind of content that we create here in Hollywood has around the world, right? So we make all of these films and television shows and podcasts, and they're seen across the globe. And that has a huge impact on culture and on perception and on the way that women are ultimately treated. I'm also a parent, a feminist, a queer woman, a lesbian. I think of all those sort of different identifiers, and I communicate that, that to whoever I'm meeting. And so I love that you said that you talk about not only what you do, but who you are and what's important in your life. And and why is that important for you to do to show up that way? 
Because I, because I'm a multi-dimensional person with a lot of identities, or as I think you would say, kind of brand traits, right? Like I'm yeah. not just I'm not just my work. And I think also as a working parent, I'm often managing all of those different things, sometimes in the same hour. Absolutely. So you're the executive director of Women in Film. So tell me, what is new and exciting at Women in Film? Well, we're in the middle of award season. Uh, We had Golden Globes and uh, Oscars coming up. And so we just launched a ballot that lists all the women who are eligible in, I think, about 20 different categories behind the camera. So these are production designers, costume designers, writers, directors, producers. It's pretty stunning to take a look at uh, when you see how many women there are and how many women there often are not on the actual ballots when they come out. Absolutely. And we know that representation matters. And tell us, because you're also a member of the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences, you know, why does it matter who's nominated and and who wins when sometimes that red carpet stuff just seems kind of frivolous? Yeah, that's a great question. It really helps one's career trajectory, right? So to be acknowledged by your peers with an award is meaningful and it helps you to get the next job and it helps for that long-term kind of career sustainability. So when there aren't people of color nominated and when women are not nominated, when people with you know disabilities aren't nominated, then those people are kind of left behind when the next sort of phases of hiring happen. So to be front and center and acknowledged and seen helps one continue to tell those stories. Absolutely. And I know that we we talk about pay equity right across corporate America, but how do things like that actually impact women and, and people of color in terms of the industry when you're looking at it? Pay equity has a huge impact, as do the awards, right? Because someone's quote, so what they're paid to work on a film or television show is often based on what they were paid to work on the show right before that. And so it becomes sort of a continuous cycle of women and often people of color left behind. For a woman to be paid the same as her male counterpart means that she's on that trajectory then for the rest of her career. Mm. So let's talk about your career trajectory, because (laughs) one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you is, I mean, we've known each other, wow, now almost 20 years, right? Uh, Going back to the film festival circuit and your time at Outfest. When you think back over your long career, what have been some of the biggest career breakthrough moments for you? I think one of the big ones um, was was when I became an executive director. So I was a director of programming. I was a curator. My job was to watch thousands and thousands of movies and select the best ones for a film festival. I saw myself as an artist, as a cultural curator, but not really as a business person. And so moving from being a director of programming to an ED meant that I, you know, was working, was managing a board of directors, I was fundraising, I was uh, managing financials. And as soon as I took, took it over and started doing it, I remembered that my first job 
was as a fundraiser. So my first job was raising money. I was 16. No, I was 15 years old. <laughs> I was a door-to-door canvasser, and I raised money for the Committee for a Sane Nuclear Policy. So here I am, this 15-year-old going up to people's houses and saying, like, do you believe in the nuclear arms race? You know, do you want to end the nuclear arms race? Will you give me $500,000? And I was one of the best fundraisers. I think in part because I was so young. (laughs) Like they were like, what is this child doing at my front door asking me for a thousand dollars to stop nuclear arms? Okay, here, I'll write you a check. Um, Armed with that information, I was instantly an excellent fundraiser for Outfest. Um, And that just gave me the courage to do all the rest. Because when you can raise money, you can do anything. Yeah. And what was the hardest thing for you? What was the hardest thing of moving from someone who identified solely as sort of an artist and a storyteller and an advocate to then being someone that was, you know, executive in charge? To be totally honest, it's giving up that identity. I think when you're kind of an an artist, you are a little bit of an outsider, um, and as an executive director, you're, you're not right. Like you're dealing with business. It's a you know, not for profit organizations are businesses. Um, we're businesses for the greater good. We serve our communities and our constituencies, but we're still businesses. So yeah. it, it's a real identity shift. What was hard about that for you? And what was maybe the lesson learned in terms of doing that in a successful way? The lesson learned, I think, was that I could bridge both. I think I still bring that kind of um, that change maker energy to all of my work. And it is actually at the heart of uh, who I am as a leader. And especially in the job that I'm doing now at WAF, we, you know, we do support some artists in their evolving careers, but a lot of what we do is that cultural change piece. Like, you know, how do we move the industry you know, how do we get to 51% women and 34% people of color? You know, how do we create that kind of systemic lasting change? We want an industry that looks like the population. And we're getting closer in some areas, but in other areas, we're far, far away from that number. Absolutely. What have been some of your other career breakthrough moments? When I got to WIF, I realized how much I knew, right? Because I had been at Outfest for so long. Um, and going into a new job, I remember the first few months were just really exciting because I had a skill set that that I could bring. And I was able to take everything that I had learned in that environment, in that community, and bring it into a, a new community and create change in an even wider and, and more lasting way. And how did you get to Outfest to begin with? How, how does someone out there that just loves movies, loves storytelling, loves independent film, like how did the, how did you actually break into the industry? I went to college to get a degree in environmental education, and I fell in love with the filmmaking program. I think my first year, and then I I sort of left that science side and focused on the the storytelling and the art making. I made a bunch of short films. I started programming the film festival at my school and also in the town. And then I moved to Seattle and I was the first director of programming for the Seattle Lesbian and Gay Film Festival in, I think, 1994. And so I continued that work just as a volunteer. And this woman, Shari Freelo, who is now a senior programmer at Sundance and the chief curator of the New Frontier section, I remember I met her at an Outfest event and she was like, you're awesome. Like, 
you're a great I was asking her really I was asking her she's like you're a great programmer and she called me a few months later and said she was going on sabbatical to make a short film and would I come program the festival for six months so I moved to LA programmed Outfest, then ultimately came back a year later uh, and soon took over the director of programming job. Very cool. And Shari, you know, it's that kind of mentorship, right? So Shari was, um, she saw something in me and she nurtured it and, um, you know, stuck with me as a mentor and now just as a good friend. But um, when I've had sort of difficult moments in my career, she's my first call. Mm, absolutely. So I know that you don't think about yourself as necessarily having a brand, but explain to me how you would describe your your style as an executive director. Well, I do think I'm a change maker, right? So I believe in the power of story to make the world a more equitable and just place. And as we've talked about, we need a representative entertainment industry and one that reflects the population. So my career has been totally dedicated to that mission. As a leader, I think I'm a mix of, um, I bring, you know, I bring a mix of empathy and strategy. So it's both um, being somebody who builds consensus, but also sets goals and, and measures success. So it's that kind of, yeah, it's that mix. Yeah. So where did that mix come from? Is that something that you've really seen since you were going door to door to, to for nuclear disarmament <laughs> as, a, as a teenager? Or is that something that you've learned? It's definitely something I've learned. So when I started out as an executive director, I think I was probably a little loosey goosey, right? So it was uh, sort of a belief that if I just treated people well, that, that everything would go fine. And over time, and making a few mistakes, I, I learned that you know, consistency and focus and metrics uh, bring kind of a sense of meaning to the work and also accomplishment. Like people want to feel accomplished at work. We want to see results. And so I've shifted my focus um, more to on that side of things. I think one of the things that has made me a better leader overall is continuing to build knowledge. So doing workshops, doing trainings, being part of cohorts, always learning and growing and expanding my skill set. Absolutely. So I love that you have sort of these three words of being a change maker, being empathetic, being strategic. How do those three things work together for you? I like that you called that out, right? That you can see that they're kind of the three legs of a, of a stool. So um, there are you know, many times when I'm kind of the most radical voice in the room and, and I'm, I'm pushing for some kind of big change. And then there's other times when there, when someone else is doing that. And my job is kind of to listen and to try to bridge some of the differences. And then, you know, it's all about measuring success, knowing what results you're trying to achieve and how to, how to get there. And I know you said that that was sort of that learned piece, right? It's almost right. How, how are you a, a business in the creative side of the business? How do you measure success in your current role? At our organization, we measure success based on how many participants we have, whether that's in our career development programs or our public programs. We're looking at the impact we're having on individual lives, and we're really looking at the data in the industry overall. How many women are directing television shows? How many women are directing features? How many female DPs are there? You know, what are those, how are those numbers going up or in some years sliding backward? Those are big measures of success for us. 
Absolutely. Now, I think the thing that is really interesting to me about someone like you who leads a nonprofit organization is you manage a lot of staff that are, in many cases, artists, advocates, activists, and then you flip around probably in the same day and you're talking to board members and clients and partners that are kind of like big wigs at movie and streaming studios. You know, how do you how do you kind of show up as an authentic person with kind of some very different audiences? Um, with flip flops in my bag. <laughs> <laughs> OK, tell me about flip flops in your bag. I remember once going to a meeting at NBCU and your old office building old office building with um a bunch of executives from the television and cable side we had a big meeting and um it's a long walk from that parking lot to the (laughs) the front gate and um i walked in my flip-flops stuck them in my bag put my shoes on and went through security my heels put my heels on and went through security and so that says a lot about my personality right that i'm moving between uh, what what's comfortable and and what's a little bit more challenging how else do you show up on brand at work how else do you kind of show up with that change maker empathy strategy hat on in terms of your behavior i try to be a good listener I try to role model the things that I think are that, that I believe in and uh, that are meaningful to this work. I think about equity, right, which is different than equality. So how do we help everybody get ahead? Yeah. And so speaking of of equity, I mean, you are someone that is advocating and having some really difficult conversations with other influential people in the industry. And you talked a little bit about being a change maker, being an activist, but how do you walk in in a business situation and really influence people to want to make this change that helps them want to create equity, whether it's in terms of pay or in terms of representation? How do you do that without turning people off? I personally do it in a couple of different ways. So a lot of the people that we work with do already lean into this issue. Like we find the people in the corporate environment who care. I often see my role as being pushing the agenda a little bit farther each time with with the people who already are leaning into this. The other way we do it is making a really strong business case that um, that equality is is good for business, that diversity is good for business, that people should care about it because uh, it will improve their bottom line. Which, in my in in my big world view, uh, um, you know, I think people should do it because it's the right thing to do. But if the strategy, the way to convince them of it is to talk about business case, I'm there for it. I'll we'll do it. We do that. Absolutely. <laughs> right. So it's a little bit of that heart and mind piece. So, you know, one of the things we've been talking a lot about at WIF is our role in ending white supremacy, right? And the word white supremacy yeah. puts a lot of people on edge. Yeah. It's a, that's a hard word. That's a hard term. And yet <laughs> it's one of the most important terms for people to be more familiar, more comfortable with if we're actually going to do that. Yeah. So tell me about, I mean, obviously you've had this conversation over the past year with, with folks. How have you, how have you dealt with someone's reaction when they were like really thrown off guard when you said, let's talk about white supremacy or how did you like move them over into understanding? 
Well, first of all, we've been talking about diversity and inclusion at WIF since I started there. As you know, I was part of that team that that started um, Fusion, the People of Color Film Festival. That was part of Outfest for many years, and that festival is almost twenty years old, right? So these are mm-hmm. issues that I have been working on in my career. I think always. And so what shifted really in the last year for me is is moving from talking about diversity and inclusion to talking about anti-racism. Like mm. like how do we build an organization that is actively anti-racist? And to be anti-racist, you have to understand white supremacy. So I think after the uprising in June, we definitely had everybody leaning into, at least everybody in my world, including executives, um, leaning into this idea of anti-racism. And so I think there was already a you know, greater familiarity with with white supremacy and what it looks like. But you're constantly pulling, con- I am constantly pulling back the layers of the onion to, to better understand how that shows up in my own life and how to, how to undo it. And, and as a white woman, what are, what are some of those learnings that you've had over the past year as someone that has been in this space for 20 plus years? For me, it's been in sort of the subtlety and, and the, the nuance of, of language, how much space I take up in, in the room and how much I think my ideas are dominant ideas and letting other people, uh, letting women of color who are part of our organization. I mean, even the word letting, letting is problematic, <laughs> right? So it's not even letting, it's, it really is about like, how am I stepping back to make space for others? I, I think yeah. that's a big part of the question. And has been a big part of the question in, the, in feminist circles for a long time. When we, when we think about, and when we think about men, like how, how are men stepping back to make more room for women? How are people with privilege Whatever that privilege look, looks like, whether that's you know able-bodied privilege or gendered privilege or racial privilege, like how are we acknowledging our privilege and making room for others? And then how are we working as comrades in the space? How are we working together? You talked a little bit about what your brand at work and in the industry is. How would how would your family, how would your girls describe your brand? My partner. She is fun mom and I am fix it mom. <laughs> so whenever anything is wrong, whether it's like something's broken in the house or like, you know, somebody's hurt or having a hard time, uh, I'm kind of the one that, that fixes. Yeah. I fix the dishwasher. I fix the homework. <laughs> I... So it all kind of goes back to that mission that you've always had, right? About about helping people and and solving for problems that are happening, even if it's that dishwasher, right? <laughs> yes, yes. I work on being. I mean, sometimes I want to be the fun mom, uh, so I work on that. <laughs> but Linda, Linda's a better storyteller, and she is just in general more fun. So <laughs> I, I I get to have fun with her. Well, I think fix-it moms rock. So a couple of quick final questions for you. We've been talking a little bit about your brand, but what is your favorite brand? What can't you live without? What are you obsessed with? Have you ever driven a Chevy Bolt? I haven't. It's like a (laughs) go-kart. So you get it. It's so fast. So if you were a type of car, what type of car would you be? A 1969 Camaro retrofit for biodiesel. 
And why why do you say that? Why are you that classic Camaro? Which, by the way, my first car was a Camaro. Oh, see, that's why I love you. They have great design. They go fast. And yet the the biodiesel, you know, makes me feel a little better about, you know, about those big engines and their their pollution. And then tell me, what is the best career advice that you would have for the listeners of the podcast? Oh, that one's easy. Uh, I have a poster in my office that says, work smarter, not harder. Ooh, so say more about that. And I really try to live by that. I think for the first half of my career, uh, I worked long nights and early mornings. And I thought that that was the hallmark of success, right? That, that hard work, the number of hours you put in uh, determined how successful you were. I've learned that it's more about strategy and it's more about the choices you make and what you say no to that make you effective. You can only get so much done in a day. And I think a, a lot more now about how I want to spend the day, like how I want to spend every you know 15 minutes of the day. As a parent, that also has become so much more important because I want to have time for my kids. I want to be yeah. a present parent. I want to be, I want to, I want to be there for them. And I want to role model for them. And that really helps me to do that. Well, Kirsten Schaefer, it was amazing talking to you. Thank you for being on the show. Jason, thank you so much. I love that you're doing this. Ah, I love that you are doing everything to make sure that representation matters. And tell us, where can people find out more about your Vote for Women ballot? On our website, which is wif.org, Women in Film, Los Angeles. Uh, and also on our social media channels, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Awesome. Thank you, Kirsten. Are you tired of not being recognized for your work? Are you ready to rise above the rest and accelerate to the next level? The Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program will help you take control of your career, develop your own unique brand, and catapult you to a whole new level of success. You are a top performer, and the Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program is what you need to get you there. Visit leadwithyourbrand.com to learn how. Well, I don't know about you, but I just loved reconnecting and talking with Kirsten Schaefer, the executive director of Women in Film Los Angeles. You know what really jumped out at me was her advice around making sure that you're strategic about how you spend your time. You know, when I think of the lead with your brand system, it's really all about making smart choices and being consciously competent about making strategic choices. And that's what Kirsten really talked about. She really talked about not having to be everywhere all of the time. She talked about not needing to spend hours, but really how can you be most effective in the shortest amount of time so that you can spend time with all of your career audiences that matter and that audience that probably matters the most, which is your very own family. I always like to think that your brand is as much about what you do as what you choose not to do. So right now, I want you to think about one thing. What is one thing that you're doing that isn't really adding value? It's not strategically helping you get to the next level of your career. It's not really helping you show up in the way that you want to be known. And I want you to make a commitment 
to saying no or stopping doing something that is holding you back or is making you be off-brand. Now, remember, it is a celebration of Women's History Month, and all March I'm showcasing some of my favorite female voices from the Lead With Your Brand podcast. So make sure you visit leadwithyourbrand.com backslash women to listen to our full list of amazing executives and leaders who just happen to be women. And tune in next Tuesday for another amazing interview. To all of the women who lead with their brand every day, we salute you. If you've loved the podcast, go ahead and rate and subscribe us and make sure you follow me on all social media platforms at Jason Patria. And remember, in your career, don't be a commodity like coffee. Make sure you are a super premium brand like Starbucks. You've been listening to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores and uncovers exceptional career success stories and inspiring personal brand journeys with your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at leadwithyourbrand.com.